Welcome to another episode of Tunnel Vision Podcast. I'm Mario Doremus. I'm Eric Walker. Eric, got a got a uh, a wild week of the NFL coming up. Obviously, uh, it's been real. It's been COVID heavy this past week uh, in the uh, NFL. So, but right now, all all games are scheduled to go on. So that's a good thing, right? Halfway through the season, almost there. What do you see coming up in this week? Is it any game that you think may throw people off or may surprise people? Um, as far as the games this week, um, and I actually thought that last night's game was going to be a, a surprising game um, coming into the week, which was Thursday night with uh, the Niners and the Packers. And it was just all, solely because the backup quarterback came in has played this year for Garoppolo and had some decent games. So I felt that was going to be a good game to watch, even though, I mean, especially with the Packers defense, the way they've been playing. They've been playing terrible um, for the past couple weeks, um, giving up a bit, lot of big plays. And I anticipated that that was going to be a, a game to watch for this week. Um but I think another game to watch would definitely be the Saints and the Bucks. Yeah, which is crazy because I actually like I, I get it because I think that it's a it's a lot going on there, right? Because I mean, obviously they're both fighting for that top spot in the NFC South. But going back to Week One when the Buccaneers they lost that game, but they barely lost that game, right? And yeah. Tom Brady didn't play well at all. No, nah, he didn't. And the fact that they say Michael Thomas is a possibility he may not play again this week. They do get Emmanuel Sanders back, and they still have Alvin Kamara. But the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they have everybody healthy, and they're adding Antonio Brown. Now, I'm not saying Antonio Brown is going to go out and get 150 yards receiving and two touchdowns this first game back. Godwin might not play this week. Okay, well, yeah, yeah. but, but – I. Even with Godwin out, you add Antonio Brown in, and he still has his favorite weapon, who's been Scotty Miller so far. Rob Gronkowski has been playing well over the past three or four uh, games. And Mike, Mike Evans is uh, Mike Evans. Yeah, reports today are Mike Thomas might. Uh, he's trending towards the uh, the possibility of playing. Yeah, so. but as they just reported also, Drew Brees has a hurt shoulder. Do you think that impacts the game in any way? Uh nah, I mean Drew is Drew. They going they going to give him a shot. He going to play through it. Uh he 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 going he, he going to be the pro ultimate pro that he is. I I don't see him that that bother him. Well, I mean, I don't know cuz I All right, so my my whole case with Drew Brees is he's been struggling to throw the ball. Well, he's not struggling to throw the ball downfield, but he's he hasn't been throwing the ball downfield. He has nobody that, to throw the ball downfield too. Yeah, but it and, I, and that's true. I, I get all that, right? And I'm done saying struggling the ball, throw, throwing downfield to these Hall of Fame quarterbacks. I, I I said the same thing about Tom Brady, and then the next week Tom Brady goes and lights it up. And then he stinks it up the following week and then turns around and lights it up again. And, and throwing accurate deep balls at that, right? So I, I, I'm not going to – these are Hall of Fame guys – I'm going to allow them to do what they do, and especially when they have their favorite targets going, um, 
I, I'm not going to take anything away from them and let these Hall of Fame guys do what they do because that, that, that's why they are who they are. Yeah, I, don't know, I, I think it's a very, very important game, not only for whoever wins the NFC South, but also when it comes time for playoff seeding, I think this is one of those games where it's almost a, a, a must win for both teams. Yeah, but I think it's a yeah. I it definitely is a must win in both for both teams. I I think uh, both teams have need it. I think the Buccaneers needed to continue to keep their momentum going, and um, I think the Saints needed just for the sake of making sure that they stay kind of close into the hunt and don't fall behind, um, considering the how slow they've been playing versus how we're used to accustomed to seeing them play. Yeah, and I mean it's big for the Saints because they actually they just traded with uh, San Fran right before or at the trade deadline, and they got Quan Alexander. Quan Alexander before tearing his ACL just what, last year was an All Pro linebacker. Yeah, if not deemed as the best middle linebacker in the NFL. Yeah, so I, that's that's huge that's, for that's the Saints. Huge, huge. I mean, you you get somebody into that defense that's, you know, been trying to do a great overhaul and trying to commit the defense and being one of the best teams in the league. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, we got that game. We got – it's a slew of other games going on. But, you know, one thing I did want to talk about, since we are halfway through the the season or midway through week eight, your top ten teams right now in the NFL – uh, top ten teams, and uh, you can you can start from ten and work your way down to one or vice versa. You you put me on you put me on the on the spot with this one. Um, let let let's see here. I gotta go. Let, let's let let's go with Pittsburgh is my top team. Okay. Pis, Pittsburgh is number one. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and say Kansas City is number two. Uh, ba, 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 ba. I, I'm going to say Tampa Bay Buccaneers is number three. Seattle at four. I got Green Bay at five. Buffalo at six. Baltimore at seven. Tennessee at eight. What? New Orleans at nine. And I'm going to go ahead and say 10 will be Arizona. I think our lists are very somewhat similar, a little bit of difference. Um, And I'll go down and I'll I'll give you mine from uh, starting with top to bottom. uh, Well, obviously, uh, from the best to the 10. My number one team also right now would be the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think they're clicking on all cylinders. Facts. I mean, they can run the ball. They can pass the ball. You know, only thing that I, I do worry about them is the secondary, but the front seven is so good that they make the secondary look great. Number two team, I will go out and I will say the Kansas City Chiefs. My only knock with Kansas City is I think it's really hard to be consistently good for a second year in a row. Like like going to back-to-back Super Bowls is no easy task, but I still think it's some question marks on defense, but... With Patrick Mahomes in that offense, and and you add in Le'Veon Bell, once he gets somewhat adjusted to the uh, system, 
then it, it may be over for the rest of the AFC. My number three team, I will say, is Baltimore. And I know Baltimore, obviously coming off of a loss uh, last week to the Pittsburgh Steelers. But it's not like Baltimore is losing to bad teams. I get it. People want to question Lamar Jackson. Can he be a pocket passer? All you got to do is contain him, keep him in a pocket, and then you can beat him, right? But one thing that I will say that really impressed me, even with the loss last week, they got J.K. Dobbins going. And I think that that's, that's really big for them. And I also think that in the second half of the season, we will see the defense pick up in Baltimore. The number four team, I'm going with the Green Bay Packers. Aaron Rodgers is the reason that I'm going with them at number four. As long as Aaron Rodgers is on the field, they have an opportunity to win games. And the defense isn't terrible. They just had a, a bad string of, of games. My number five team, I'm going with Seattle. I think that the defense has to show me more. But as long as Russ is the quarterback, I mean, I think he's the MVP frontrunner. Has to be at this point. But I'm going with Seattle. Um... At number five, number six, I'm going with Tampa Bay. I think that right now, and adding in Antonio Brown was big for them. So, as of right now, I'll go Tampa Bay. Defense is pretty good. They've been playing ball. Number seven, I'm going with I'm going with the Saints. Drew Brees, Hall of Fame quarterback. I still think is probably the smartest quarterback in the NFL. And they just got to they just have to get healthy. My number eight team. I'm going to go with the Arizona Cardinals. I think Kyler Murray has to be considered for MVP right now. DeAndre Hopkins is playing like the best receiver in the league this year. And the defense, I mean, they took the hit on Chandler Jones, but I still like the Arizona Cardinals at number eight. The number nine team, I'm going with Buffalo. Stephon Diggs, Josh Allen. That's a, that's a lethal combination on offense. The defense is banged up right now, but I still love Tredavious White. I think he's a, a cornerback number one. But they just got to find some uh, consistency in the run game. And the number 10 team for me are the Tennessee Titans. I think the Titans are, I mean, they had a, I mean, they took a, a bad loss to the Bengals last week. But if I'm like, if I had to go and put my money on any team, I'll put it on the Titans almost every week. Yeah, that's that's a very 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 similar list. Very similar list. Um, I'm glad uh, to see that uh, you know we we go back and forth trying to say who called what, and uh, I like to see that the Pittsburgh Steelers are still undefeated as I as I said they were going to be. Um, I said that. No, I believe last week you said they were there were will not be. Any um, oh yeah, I did. undefeated teams yeah, coming I did. out there last week. I did. Pittsburgh I... Su- survived another week, so uh, I was I was happy to see that man. Uh, I think Pittsburgh is probably one of those teams where, like, from afar, I kind of I kind of clap and root for a little bit. Uh, a lot of it's got to do with just Mike Tomlin and, and who he displays his his how he displays his character. Um, and the way he goes about coaching the game of football that we see, um, he, he's a he's a commander, and he and he shows and leads as a commander, um, with, with also being like a, a quote unquote players coach as a younger coach in the league. So um, I always like to see when what when a, when a black guy um, such as Mike Tomlin 
uh, have some success like that. And you know what's crazy? We are just a year, literally, last year, people were talking about Mike Tomlin was in, in a position where he's uh, possibly going to lose his job. Which I thought was stupid. I mean, this dude went 8-8 eight and eight with a third-string, fourth-string quarterback, back uh, backup running backs, and his, his receiver core was banged up as well. So when you take a team, and not to mention some of the hits they had on defense, you take a team eight and eight without a starting quarterback at the beginning of the season, you lose your quarterback. Show me a team who can do that with a backup or the the third string quarterback, and um, you're probably not going to see that in the NFL. There's not many teams in the NFL that lose their starting quarterback at the beginning of the year and still finish eight and eight. I just don't. I, I don't see it. Not only that, I think one of the most impressive things was literally Ben goes down, offense is struggling. What do they do? They go out and they trade for Mika Fitzpatrick. But they show who was one of the best young safeties in the league. And that's why they show that they're one of the best organizations in the in the, in the National Football League right now. Um, they go out and get guys that did fit what they want to do. Not only do they do that, they they draft guys to do that. And they make the right moves at the right time as needed, right? That that sent that defense over the hump. And uh, Fitzpatrick came in and had like two or three games back-to-back where he had crucial interceptions to, to, to win the game. Like that's huge to to invest the trade into a kid like him who came in and boom, right away, hit the ground running, and they know how to use him to the best of ability, man. That, that, that is flat out like uh, the ultimate – uh, organization that you want to be with. People talk about the New England Patriots and how they have created this quote-unquote Patriot way. Um, a lot of people need to start realizing and talking about um, the Stiller way because it, it, it is a such thing and they, they're doing really well with it. Yeah, I mean, we might get a lot of flack if any Bengals fans listen. So Hey, <laughs> Bengals fans don't have nothing to be proud of right now. Um, I mean, I take it. To a certain extent, okay, yes, they do. That Joe Burrow's playing probably the best of most rookies that ever played the game of football right now. Um, but hear me out on this. Uh, you Bengals fans, be, be aware. This is very alarming that he's throwing the ball 50 times a game almost. Yeah, so let's let's transition to talk about that because I did kind of want to hit on this. I mean, obviously they got a, a really big win uh, against the Tennessee Titans, Huge like, win. Yeah. Huge win. And, and they look good. Like, yeah. really good. Yeah. And it's coming off of a week in which they traded Carlos Dunlap to the Seattle Seahawks. The secondary is, I mean, they, I mean, Jesse Bates, I think, is a baller. I think Jesse Bates is one of the best young safeties in the league. I don't. I do. I like Jesse Bates a lot. I don't know if he's, he's not a short tackle, but he's a ball hawk. But I would, do, do you got personal ties with Jesse Bates? I don't. Okay. Don't have any personal ties uh, with Jesse Bates. A lot Bates. of these guys you, you you root for, like, hardly, especially when it comes to Bengals guys. Like, you, you tend to have a tie, or you've met them, or you've had some type of encounter with them. So I, I just wanted to make sure. Now, even if I meet him, I'm he's still not like going to be I still I mean, be biased. No, Jesse Bates is a baller. I think if you go back and you watch his tape, Jesse Bates is a baller. Dog, and I, it's, I, it's not a lot of bright spots on that in like in that secondary, but that's one of them. That's that might be the only one because I'm not even that high on, on William Jackson. No, not that he's not a cornerback. Neither one. Even though Darius Phillips is actually he came in and played really well. He played a whole lot better than I thought he would. Uh, taking over the outside corner position. 
You can't play the game. You can't play the position of safety and you're one of the worst tacklers in the in the in National Football League. You just can't. You can't. You can't. I I I get I get that he's quote unquote the ball hawk. I, I don't see the interceptions that reflect that he's he's leading the team in interceptions right now. Is that is that really hard on that defense? If no 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 that that's a yes or no question though. I don't want you to try to give me no no a roundabout answer. Is it that hard to do that on that defense? On that defense, no. Thank you. That's all I wanted. That's it. That's it. I, I don't want. I, I don't want you to go around in circles and then come back to the fact that he's their best defensive player interception wise because there is no nobody on that defense anyway. There's there's no one non-existing there. Someone has to be the best on that defense. It just so happens to be him when it comes to interceptions. See, I'm I'm not in agreement with that. I'm not. You I, do know I, your I safety is one of your leading tacklers on the team. Oh, uh, your linebacker should be. Most of the time, most most NFL teams, your safety is one of your leading tacklers. Depending on which safety, because strong safety usually is in the box. If it's a free safety, then I think you have a problem because that means everybody getting past the first the, the first two levels. Oftentimes, you, you, your safeties are always going to be in that top tier in tackles. Yeah, top like three or four players. Free your free, free your strong. They're going to be up there in tackles, and the fact that he can't tackle is a problem. No, no, I think we'll have to agree to disagree on that. Okay. Because I, I think that Jesse Bates, I really think he's one of like one of the guys on the team that okay, you can build, you can help build around Jesse. Bates. Think, think about the great safeties, right? Think about the great safeties in the history of the game. Yeah, and I'm not saying he's like a top. I'm not saying he's a top five safety in the league. I, I'm not saying that you said he was, but I'm just saying think about the abilities of a top a top safety that's ever played the game, or the top safeties that are in the game right now. And I look at his talent and say he's nowhere near even comparable or even close to those guys. Yeah, but you're probably thinking about Hall of Fame guys. Jesse Bates ain't there yet. Take a top five. Take a top five in this league right now. And I don't think he's even close. So what do you – so, all right, so if you're the Bengals next year and you have the ability to get the number one safety in the draft. Yes, you get him. You get him. <laughs> Bates is God. He's above, dog. Like, he's above. It is just shocking. Like, you you got so much. Nobody in that, nobody, listen, nobody in that defensive back room deserves to be on that roster next year if they if they got a better player coming in. Yeah, no, I won't say that. I won't say that because I think, uh, what's the guy's name, uh, the, the safety out of, I'm not the safety, but the linebacker out of Wyoming, uh, I think is uh, Luke, uh, Logan Wilson. Logan Wilson is, is a baller. No, no, no. I said nobody in that defensive back room should, it has a spot on that roster if they could get a top-tier player in the draft next year. That's how bad they are. Yeah, but they also remember Trey Waynes was hurt. Trey Waynes is actually coming back. So or he's, I think he's projected to come back. I don't know if he is right now. Uh, last time I checked, he was still on the injured reserve list. Um, but quick, quick, quick fact: Jesse Bates is second in tackles on that team, <laughs> and he misses a lot of tackles. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> and he got, he got, he got, he's leading the team with two. No, he's not even leading the team. He has two interceptions, and Logan Wilson has two, two interceptions. interceptions. So he's tied for first. 
which Logan Wilson, again, like I was just saying, is a baller. But if you're speaking of this, in the secondary room, yeah, I, I would I would still say that that's a guy that you can build around. Uh, obviously, it's, I mean, they'll probably let guys like, uh, I don't know, because it's a, it's a contract year for William Jackson. And I think that they have to decide what they want to do with him. And also, I think he has to be careful what type of money he's asking for from the Bengals. Because he, he was, a, remember, he was the first round pick for them. Just what, four years ago? I think if you can get a corner in the draft, goodbye, William Jackson. If he's asking for cornerback one money. He better not. He don't deserve it. Even the one year that people felt like he deserved it, they went away from you. Meaning meaning William Jackson, they went away from you because there was another guy that was worse than you on the other side. Now that someone's comparable, possibly, they're going to your side and they're tearing your ass up. Whoever's in that DB, the the the, the, the DB quarter uh, coach, either he ain't coaching them guys up or they're just that damn bad. I just honestly, I think a lot of it is the scheme. I think a lot. I mean, I think some of it's the talent, but 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 that, but, but that that goes back to what I'm saying. Like at, at some point, you got to coach these guys up, right? If they continue to make mistake after mistake after mistake, you got to coach them up. Tackling is not scheme. I wouldn't disagree. I wouldn't disagree. That's why I said, like, some of it's talent, but some of it's scheme and coaching, which is is, is leading me to this question. What's that? And I've been thinking about it since Sunday. Okay. Did the did the loss? Because I I was going back and forth with a few people. One one guy in particular on uh, Twitter about Zach Taylor. I'm still not. A believer in Zach Taylor coming off of this win, do you believe that this like this could potentially save this job? Um, I believe so. I I don't I don't know if his job was in jeopardy. So yes, like I've called for a lot of coaches to be fired, and he's like been one that I've been like on the fence about, and I'm on the fence because of a couple reasons. Um. But but I I just don't think they have the talent to win ball games. See, I'm they're in games, but again, a, a lot of people let's let, but think about what it's taking for them to be in these games. Hold on though, this is what the Bengals does, man. They they're they're in games, right? And they have losing seasons, but they're in lo- games because. They they play hard a little bit. They don't give up. They they don't have the mentality that I see that the Cowboys have, right? They they're in games, so yes, they're gonna be in games. And they do this all the time when they have losing seasons. And then they trick the fans and they trick people that kinda on a thinking have that thinking like you do, of like, alright, yeah, they're in these games. They should be winning some of these games, but they don't have enough talent to win ball games. A lot of there is times that they lose and it's because of probably coaching a little bit, or it's times that they make some dumb plays and it, it, it turns the game, it ends the game. But there's a lot of other things within that game that cost that game besides that particular play or that particular play call. So guys gotta, people gotta understand that they just don't have the talent there to win a lot of games in the league. See, and, and I think this is where our train of thought is kind of different, right? And the way that you've been viewing this Bengals team and the way I've been viewing it, 
I understand this year has been a lot was a lot different than last year, right? Because it was a, a lot of moving pieces, a lot of things that have changed, right? And last year they dealt with some injury, but at the same time they had a lot of the key guys th- that were still playing. I saw Marvin Lewis go seven and nine, or so six and ten, his final year with a team that Zach Taylor won two games with. And I get that, and that that a lot of that is because you went out as an organization, you went out and got a head coach who has never been a head coach before, and then also he's he's doing the offensive play calling duty, so you're asking him to do a lot. So yes, to a certain extent. Some of that blame falls on Zach Taylor, and I'm not saying it doesn't. But as the year and year goes on, sometimes it's you have to be able to give that guy a chance to have a, a roster that that is competable too, right? Like, it, 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 say for example, right? These rookies are being the the leaders on this offensive team. They did not expect these these rookies to come in and be the way that they are. Joe Barrow, I didn't expect this from him. Not at this level, this quick. With the offensive line that they had. T. Higgins, also, the combination of them two has helped this offense go. We thought the star was going to be Joe Mixon on this team. Joe Mixon isn't. But some, but, but at the same time, one, Joe Mixon has been hurt. Two. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not discrediting him, though. Yeah, no, I, I, I want, I want I that get, to be clear, though. Yeah, no, no, I, I get what you're saying. But two, also we have to think about the usage, right? How much are they really? They're using Joe Burrow a lot, a lot more than they're using Joe Mixon. Oh, a hundred percent. They are, they are. But they have to. He's the, in the top five in pass attempts in the NFL right, right. now. The and that's why I said he's throwing 45, 40, 40 to fifty times a game. But the problem is this: you can't, they off the offensive line is that bad. Where you can't establish a good running game either. Yeah, they said the same thing last year with the worst offensive line. And they they did. They said the same thing last year. But what happened when they start actually giving Joe a, a good amount of touches in the second half of the season? Joe got a good amount of touches. The, the difference was... was and, he, and he actually had a few good games already. Right. He, he has. But this year, that's the difference. Joe has got the touches... He had a couple good games, but then there's been some games where the running game is non-existent as well. Yeah, and but he, but this is the thing. You the one thing that you know about football, right? Especially with with the running game, every you every time you touch the ball, you can't get that thirty yard, forty yard run. You have to consistently try. And it seems like when they don't see any light, they just completely give up. Like, if, if it's nine carries, ten carries in, and they don't have over 60 yards rushing, they completely give up and go away from the run game. One, because I think Zach Taylor just really likes to throw the ball. Two, it's because they're playing catch-up most of the time. Yep, I was going to say catch-up is their biggest problem as well. Like, I think last week was the first game, or maybe first out of a, out of a couple, that they've actually been in games the whole game. The other game before that, they were up and lost the lead. They blew the 21-point lead and lost the lead. But most of the games, they're trailing right off the bat. So right now, you think that uh, Zach Taylor's job 
as the head coach in Cincinnati is safe after this year, just given out given the fact that they got a huge win against the Tennessee Titans last week. I don't think it's solely off of that, but I think it helps him. And I think that it's something to, that the organization will allow him to continue to build on. Um, being in games is really key as well. They're in game, a lot of games and trying to come back in games and they're fighting and not giving up. And I, and I think ultimately like that's what you want out of your team. When you don't have the talent, you want your team to be able to fight and be, that puts yourself in position to possibly win games, which is why I'm on another take and going out on probably a limb and saying, if the trend continues, regardless of that's Prescott's absence or not, if the trend continues, I believe that the Dallas Cowboys should fire Mike McCarthy after this season. After one year? Yes. Because you flat out are not getting these guys to play and compete. And at a, at a point, and what I mean by this is the fight is gone. Compete. You're not talented enough. You lost your starting quarterback. You're, you, you, lost the, you don't know who you're going to start. At quarterback now going forward because the, the second string quarterback is gone and Andy Dalton right now. You're on your third, fourth string quarterback, but you, the fight is not there. Ben DiNucci. And I think they're they're going to go away from him and go with Cooper Rush this week. Which they should because Cooper Which, Rush yeah, is, a, yeah. is a better quarterback. Better quarterback. But, but, that, but this is what I'm saying, though. It's like the fight's not there. When you, when you, when you can't get these guys to, to fight, that's a problem. Look at Philly. Doug Peterson saved his job, probably, to give him maybe another year because they fought last year. I don't see now. I, look, we can they, we can transition to this, right? Because okay. I think this I think this is a, a a very good topic. Mike McCarthy, I think is I think that his job is less in jeopardy if he gets rid of the defensive coordinator in a, in a decent amount of time. I think that's how 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 long do you expect? I'm We're not, halfway through the season. I know, but this is what I'm saying. I think that if Mike McCarthy can say, "Hey, okay, I can do this without my friend as the defensive coordinator," then I think I think Jerry Jones will say, "Okay, I, look how long he gave uh, what's his name, Jason Garrett. Look how long he gave Garrett." Jason Garrett was a whole different sub part. part it, it, they we're not comparing apples to apples. No, here's, here's why I say that. Jason Garrett was a guy that they drafted, right? Yeah. Jason Garrett was a guy that stayed around for a while, was a backup quarterback for a while, and he was a homegrown product, basically, right? He be, J, Jason Garrett became family. Oh, Mike, he was family. He was family. Mike McCarthy ain't family. No, but... Mike, Mike McCarthy ain't family. But, but Mike McCarthy ain't been there long enough to understand the ins and outs of this organization like Jason Garrett did. But this is the one thing that I will say. I think Jerry Jones is egotistical enough what would he look like as an owner firing Mike McCarthy after one year? Because then that makes him look like that makes him look terrible. Even worse, then think about everybody that criticized him for keeping Jason Garrett for too long. If he've come, if because the whole rollout they had for Mike McCarthy, everything they did, the press conference, talking about championships, well, having a, having championship pedigree behind him, what? Try, they will not they will not fire Mike McCarthy after one season. I 
I think, and, and to talk about Doug Peterson, he won a Super Bowl in Philly just three years ago. They're not firing Doug Peterson after one bad season. They made I, the playoffs last year. I'm not saying that they were firing him. I said him getting guys to buy in when they didn't have a roster extends his his career a year. That's what I said for Doug Peterson. For the Cowboys and Mike McCarthy, Jason Garrett, time is ticking. And regardless of the fact Jason Garrett would like to see Dallas Cowboys win a Super Bowl before he, he before he's no longer here. Yeah, I'm and, positive. And what this season has shown so far is that he cannot command and deliver the best out of his players. And if you cannot do that, you do not deserve to be a head coach of a football team. I don't care what team it is, you do not deserve to be a, a head coach of a football team. Yeah, but I mean, I can't even. All the praise I just gave to Mike Tomlin and then turn around and allow Mike McCarthy to do what he's doing, that is, no, that's not happening. Yeah, no, and I can't say that I disagree with it, but I'm saying, thinking of, thinking about Jerry Jones, the way that I've seen Jerry Jones operate, I think for even for him to do it after one year, that will be him admitting that he got something wrong, and he doesn't really like to do that too much. Oh, he did it with, uh... When he brought Parcells back, right? Parcells was a quick, quick turnaround coach. Didn't get it done. J- threw Jason Garrett up there. Let, let's let's go see what J- get J- Jason Garrett can well, do. Well, that's because it was on the second try. This is Mike McCarthy's first rodeo in Dallas. Hey, and all the shit we heard about Mike McCarthy until this point, playing coming to the Dallas Cowboys, are the same issues that we we've, we've saw this, this season this far. Thus far, that, that that's been the same issues. Nothing has changed. All this going to all these camps and getting together with the coaches every week and trying to come to game, come to understanding of game plan and trying to figure out the analytics of football. Fuck that, dog. You, you you've learned. You've shown me. You've learned absolutely nothing on your time off. Either that or he's telling us that analytics are overrated in football. That's the only. That's the only thing I can take away from it. He, <laughs> excuse me. <coughs> he, because he's, a, he's he a, was horrible at analytics before he, he he get fired. You get fired, and I hope to pray he's not saying analytics and analytics come to play in this part of the, of the way that what the Cowboys look like this year. Because if they are, that shows that whether you use analytics or you don't use analytics, you're a terrible head coach. And I know folks are like, well, he won a Super Bowl with Green Bay. Come on, please. He had a good roster at Green Bay that year. You got Aaron Rodgers, one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game. If you talk about talent-wise, Aaron Rodgers, talent-wise, is the best player to play the game right now at the quarterback position. And then you got some of these younger guys, Patrick Mahomes, who's who's coming and looks like they're going to give him a run for the money. But let, let's be honest, man. You you have to win ball games if you have Aaron Rodgers on. Look look what he's doing. He'll take a grocery store receiver, a makeshift line. Just give me a couple seconds. Let me run around a little bit. Flink of the wrist. Touchdown. That's what he do. So Mike McCarthy, that time is ticking, buddy. It's ticking. 
time is also ticking for Adam Gaze, and I'm. I just, I just want to know when. I'm done, dog. I'm, I'm I just done. want to know when. Like, do do we have to personally go to to New York, hold up signs to say "Fire Adam Gaze" for for this to happen? I'm done. I I am done, dog. I I have nothing else to say about that. Do they give him the whole season? That's what I want to know. He yes or no? No, he he shouldn't last this long. He should have made. He shouldn't have made it into the season. No, he should not have. He shouldn't even have got the job from the beginning. All right, so yes or no, does he finish out the season? No, I hope not. I'm going on a limb, and I'll say yes. He will finish. If he doesn't finish out, the, he'll at least make it to the second to last game. But he he will make it to the end of the season. Why? Because the Jets are a horribly run organization. Based upon what I've seen over the past five years. The Jets better get rid of him so they can show and prove to one of these quarterbacks that they're not tolerating losing. If they don't do that, <laughs> one of these quarterbacks might not want to go there. And we we already can tell that they're going to move away from Sam Darnold. Yeah, I think that I think that Sam Darnold. Writing's on the wall on that one. Yeah. But it, you know what, though? I think in a, in a better situation – Sam Darnold might be okay. He might be a serviceable quarterback still. So I, I think that's something to keep an eye on. Um, but, yeah, NFL, man, I, I think that it's, it's about that time, Eric. Uh, got some uh, some picks going on today. Well, uh, first, first. Obviously, we can't do the Thursday night game this week. First, I want to, before we get into the picks. Okay. I, I just want to say something here, and this is, this is one of the main things I wanted to discuss today, um, especially when it came to NFL, was uh, – all this talk, and, and I, I I get it, sports media, um, you know, sports talk shows, the whole nine, or, you know, Tom Brady this, one week that they, they, they kind of quiet, but mouth on him, and then they spark it up again. Man, they better gone somewhere. Russell Wilson is clearly still the MVP in this, in this league right now, by far, and it's not close. For these teams, for these people to say that Russell Wilson is not leading this race and leading it in a big margin, it's almost like thinking of the political race for the president presidential race that's going on right now. Russell Wilson is clearly the MVP right now, dog. And there's no if, ands, or buts about it. The defense is good, and all he got is DJ. He got DK Metcalf. And Tyler Lockett. And Tyler Lockett in a mixture um, running game because Chris Carson been in and out of the lineup. They're in their third string, fourth string running back. Oh, in a very, very, very mediocre offensive line. Facts. Now you talk about Tom Brady, and Tom Brady got probably one of the best defenses in the league next to Pittsburgh. Yeah, it's up there. They're coming, they're coming, he has the, coming alive. He has the best wide receiver core in football now. We could argue that. Wait, what? By name, by name, he has like Wait, by what? by Wait, by name. I, I get he these has. guys been banged up a little bit this year, so no, but, but also what? But by name, like Mike Evans is a dog. Yes, Antonio Brown at one point when he was, you know, a few years ago was the best receiver in football, and also has uh, also has Godwin, who's very good. Scotty Miller's been playing well, but to say the best receiving core in football. 
Oh, man. I want to get back to that. I don't want to derail with our... The, the real thing is this. Russell Wilson, by far, is leading this MVP race. And I want to give him his flowers right now and let him know that, dog, you're doing your thing. Continue to keep doing your thing. And I see that you're doing your thing. And you know what's crazy? Uh, before the season started, the one thing that we did talk about because uh, we did the early predictions for the MVP race, the fact that Russell Wilson never had an MVP vote. Right. And he, he okay, now that's going to be the talk of the town, let me show y'all. Let me show y'all what I'm going to do. Do you feel like he has a chip on his shoulder, though? Yes. By far. By far he has a chip on his shoulder, dog. By far. When he continues to, and see, this is another thing. When now the reports are coming out, oh, Russell Wilson spending about, a million, over a million, north of a million dollars on his body when it comes to diet and taking care of his body. Like, that, that's something Russ been doing. Also, now that gets a headline because now he's balling. Russ don't miss games. Russ play through injuries. Russ balls year after year after year. He don't ha- He hasn't had a defense since the Legion of Boom was good. That's a fact. That's a fact. He hasn't had an offensive line probably majority of his time being there. It's been always a young line that they kind of trying to shift and maneuver and get it to be a decent line, but they don't spend money on their line like that, and he balls. Oh, and not to mention the one thing that you didn't say. This is the first time we can honestly say he's had a, a number one wide receiver. Yes, it is. And that's no disrespect to the guys that he played with. But here's the thing. He does have a number one wide receiver, but that number one wide receiver hasn't. When I say this, I want I don't want to discredit what Metcalf's been doing, but there's games where Metcalf doesn't he he's not existent as well. So what? But what I'm saying, why I say that is to say that even when he's not going. Russell Wilson is still balling and performing at a very, very high level. Oh yeah, as he as he will. But, okay, but that's the. I think that has something to do one with him as a quarterback. Like, yes, that's just that's him as a quarterback, right? Like the when he was at Wisconsin, Wisconsin's never really been a throwing team. He threw the ball at Wisconsin. We don't know who he was throwing to, <laughs> but he but he was throwing the ball. Facts. Russell Wilson, he's. He's never really had anybody on the team. Like, he never had a Randy Moss or Terrell on his nothing. Like, like DK Metcalf is probably the closest that he's come to, like I said, to that number one wide receiver. Yep. Like, there's no disrespect or, or discredit anybody else that he's played with at with the wide receiver position. But a lot of the guys have been guys in the slot or he's had a, a tight end that he would throw to. Yeah, because he's been Tyler Lockett. Like, it's been one of his favorite targets. For for the most consistent three four years now, and Tyler Lockett isn't a number one receiver. But Tyler Lockett is a dog. I like he's Tyler, a dog. Yeah, but he's not a number one. I receiver. like him at Kansas State, like, but he's not a number one option. Like nobody's gonna be like, all right, let's go out and spend max money on Tyler Lockett. Hey, it's funny you say that, right? <laughs> and this kind of, I was having a conversation with some cats, like two people that you know, and. uh we were just talking sports and stuff and then talking about the podcast and them listening to it and everything else. And they're like, hey, you know, Mario knows like a lot of information when it comes to guys like that play football 
um, and basketball for that matter, but it's like information that a lot of guys might not. And it's like not too many people know where Tyler Locker will, will play football at, right? And, and some of the conversation was like even further, Mario would know where high, what high school the kid went to, what star was he. And I was like, man, you know what? Mario do come out the woodworks with some of the some of his his, his knowledge of players and where they've been and where they come from. Well, I think it just comes from me watching a lot of like a lot of football. Yeah, 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 for sure. And also, like I try to scout guys like when I'm watching the game, like see like what guys stand out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just funny because you know some a lot of guys, a lot of cats don't follow high school football like we do. You know what I mean, like. Cats be cats are real heavy in the football, but they might watch college, or they may wa- occasionally watch college, and they'll watch the hell out of pros. But you know, from from guys like us, we kind of follow kids in high school through all the way till they get to the pro level. But it was just funny because you you talk about high school and some of the college stuff that I may talk about, but I may not. You know what I mean? But yeah, no, nah, it's. A lot of that stuff just come from like memory yeah, for real. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, for but sure. yeah, the interesting thing about Tyler Lockett though in uh, Kansas State, he actually got recruited as a quarterback. <laughs> See, yeah. Again, another another fact that another Mario fact. We got to get like a a Mario Mario. We got to have a, a segment where it's like a a Mario take uh, <laughs> on something like that. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, he got recruited as a quarterback, uh, but then he ended up switching uh, because they had who was the quarterback when he was. I uh, think I do remember that, but it's the fact that I just don't. I throw that like in deep in the back of my brain because they talk about it from time to time when they go and do it like a reverse and he throws the ball. Yeah, so like yeah, that I think that's always interesting too. Yeah, uh, but yeah, like I said, nobody's gonna go out and spend like top money on. A guy like Tyler Lockett, like he he'll get paid, but he's not getting like top wide, money. Yeah, he's not getting wide receiver one money. So, yep. uh, but yeah, no, I, I think that I think that's spot on though. Russell Wilson, I think, is not getting enough credit for what he's been to the uh, Seahawks team. Just this, not even just this year, but really since he's been there. Since he's been there, he's been a baller. Got him, took him to uh, two Super Bowls. The same credit we praise is to, or I, the same credit that Ben Roethlisberger gets should equally be given to Russell Wilson. Yeah, and the one thing is, he doesn't make a lot of mistakes. He will, I mean, he'll, he'll have a bad game, but they don't come too often. Because their careers are fairly similar. Um, I think Pittsburgh kind of gives him a little bit more talent around Ben. Uh, offensively, but I mean, it, it, it shows like their careers are very fairly similar. And also to note, uh, it was just uh, said that Russell Wilson is going to, uh, I think he's tied right now for the most touchdown passes uh, in through nine seasons in his first eight or nine seasons is Peyton Manning. And Peyton Manning is one of the the greatest, if not the greatest. I mean. Pe- we can have a, we can have a, a conversation about that another day on another podcast because I think the my my train of thought is way different than a lot of people's. I would I would say Peyton Manning is a, a top three quarterback before I say t- Tom Brady is, but that's like I said, oh, another conversation I, I, yeah, for another, another day. 
But uh, but yeah, I, th- I think that the NFL, the MVP race, obviously is something that's going to pick up. And I want to talk about that a lot more because I want to know next week. I think we need to talk about top five can uh, top five uh, candidates right now for MVP in the NFL. And I think we can honestly probably say four of them are quarterbacks. Yeah, and it's always like that for yeah. the most part. You know what I mean? Quarterback yeah. MVP. And we, and we should and we also need to talk about is the, should the MVP like should it. Should they have a different like? Should it just be a quarterback award at this point? Uh, I mean, I, I'm not saying that it should be, but at this, I mean, at this rate, that's what it looks like. I mean, obviously, they have offensive player of the year for other positions, but yeah. But I think that I think that's something that we we can we can talk about. We can talk about. I think there's guys that you know there are times where some defensive guys should be there, um, but often not. I mean, some of these defenders you can kind of plug and play to a certain degree. Like, yeah, but I think I, I I will say this though, just to, before I'm sorry to cut you off, but Aaron Donald should definitely be in the race for MVP this year. He should been there every year in the past few, at least three four years. Yeah, he should be in the conversation, right? Not not. Not saying that he should be the the front runner, but he should at least be in the conversation. Um, but yeah, man, uh, yeah, some, it's been some good football going on lately. Uh, I, I like what the I like how the league has been playing. Um, no, 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 not to how things have been going. So that's been good. Um, I'm really pressed, uh, impressed with with how the season's been going thus far. Um, so. Yep. So if you want to go ahead, we can get into these weekly picks. Uh, All right. Well, yeah. It. Like I said, we obviously can't do the Thursday night game as the game has already passed and Green Bay blew out San Francisco, thirty-four to seventeen. But all right, first up, starting the Sunday, Denver at Atlanta. Give me Denver. I'm going with Atlanta at home in the dome. Seattle at Buffalo. Seattle. Yeah, I'm going Seattle, too. I think it'll be a tough game. Might come down to the last drive, but I'm going Seattle. Third game is Chicago at Tennessee. Tennessee. Tennessee got popped by Cincinnati last week. Mike Grable won't let it happen again. Give me Tennessee. Baltimore at Indianapolis. Baltimore. Baltimore bounces back, and um, they use their receiver core a little bit better and win the game. Uh, it'll be interesting to see when they bring up Des Bryant from the practice squad, though. Yeah, I'm taking Baltimore, but it won't be fair because they'll have 12 defenders on the field at all times. Phillip Rivers is also playing for the Baltimore Ravens this week. <laughs> <laughs> Carolina at Kansas City. I'm going to go Kansas City. I'm going Kansas City by two touchdowns. Detroit at Minnesota. Minnesota. I'm going with Minnesota, too. I think Dalvin Cook is too good. Um, New York Giants at Washington football team. I am going to go with the New York Giants. I'm going with the Washington football team. I think the defense is too good, and New York is confused as to what they want to do. Houston at Jacksonville. Houston. Houston. Uh, Gardner Minshew is not playing this week. Which could be a good thing, but I'm going Houston by two touchdowns. Las Vegas at the Los Angeles Chargers. 
I am going with the Raiders. I'm going with the Raiders. I tried to be cool and say it. <laughs> Pittsburgh at Dallas. I Pittsburgh. Almost, I almost laughed. <laughs> like, uh, I like, hold on. I, I know like last week I had to pick the Cowboys because I, I can't give it to the Eagles. But come on, man! Like we shouldn't even ask that question. That that I'm not watching the game. I, okay. I haven't been. I didn't watch last week. Yeah, I texted you. And, I, and I'm and I'm not going to watch this week as well. All right, well I'm going with Pittsburgh just because. That's a Sunday night game too, isn't it? No, they no. Four twenty five. Four twenty five. Good. Yes. A game that's actually I think will be some very very good going into the season. I thought it would be a wash. But Miami at Arizona. I thought Arizona. I thought Arizona would be good this year. I didn't think Miami would be as good as they are. I'm gonna go with Arizona, um, but Miami competed last week, and that was that was a good week. The story of the look, and I'm, I'll keep it short. The story of the Miami Dolphins this year should just be the defense, not even Tua. The defense. But I'm going with Arizona. But again, Miami's good because of the defense. Are you? Before before we go further, are you okay with them starting to now seeing how the defense is played with him and how they are moving offensively? No and no. Okay. You can continue. New Orleans at Tampa Bay in this Sunday night football game. Whoa, Sunday night. I'm going with Tampa Bay. They have Antonio Brown playing, and he is special. And this is a game you will be watching. Yes. Uh, and everybody will be watching, or at least should be. But I'm also going with Tampa Bay. I think that, uh, yeah, I think they make up for the loss in week one. Tom Brady still is thinking about that game. He had two interceptions. I don't see it this week. But I think he will throw three touchdowns. So I'm going with Tampa Bay. All right, and Monday Night Football, New England at the Jets. I'm going to go. With, I'm going to go with New England and hope that uh, Cam Newton bounce back this week and they actually use him a little bit better. I think that they will bounce back this week, and I get it. They've only got two wins this season, so it's something to talk about if you're the media and you're trying to stir it up. Right, New England Patriots 2020. They only got two wins. No Tom Brady. Cool. Cam Newton is going to put on the show Monday night. And I'm going to go on a limb and say, and I, I, I've said it on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at Mario DeRamus. But I said, I have a gut feeling the New England Patriots will make the playoffs. It'll start this week. People will take them more seriously. Hot take, ladies and gentlemen. Hot take. But, yeah, so it'll start this week. You know, unfortunately, it has to start with the, with the Jets. But, <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, Sunday Pickums uh, for this week. Man, but uh, one thing we do have to talk about uh, before we even talk about, not even college football first, NBA. Okay, let's get it. They just announced that the season is starting. This was a Woj bomb. They just announced that uh, the NBA is starting on December 22nd now. <laughs> they came up, it was, yeah, so now they just have to work things out. But it's going to be a, it's, it's going to be a 72 game season instead of 82 game. And they still have to work out uh I guess some type of uh, contractual agreement between the uh, the NBA and the NBPA. Uh, 
But yeah, how do you feel about that? I mean, because that's a very short. I mean, the, the NBA draft is November the eighteenth. So I mean, that's a month, a month of, well, a month after the draft, you go right into the season. But you know, normally, outside of the COVID era, you have some like the summer league. Then you have the preseason. Yeah, it's typically you have I think give or take maybe three or four months uh, of an off time. Um, I get it, right? Um, I, I get it. It's different. We're we're in different times. We're we're trying to move in different ways, right? But I think the only people who are upset are LeBron and his fans. That's it. Yeah, but not even just thinking about like the Lakers and LeBron, but thinking about I, I every get, every other team. I every other team is okay, right? For the most part, most of these teams didn't even come back to the bubble. Remember that. Yeah, only twenty two teams, right? Right. So, and then the other teams that made came back to the bubble. Some of them left the bubble right away because they only played five or six games, seven games tops, right? Yeah. So then you had those guys left. The first round teams left. Boom. Second round teams left. Boom. The only people who could complain would be the Miami and the Miami Heat and the Los Angeles Lakers. And hear me out. The Miami Heat is not complaining. The only people who are complaining, and I said it once and I'll say it again to make sure everybody understands this clear. And it's not the Lakers. It's LeBron and LeBron fans that are mad because this season is starting early. Which, look, I I get it because you know it's crazy. Somebody somebody on Twitter has said uh, after because I had retweeted it uh, and I had said something regarding the I was like like whoa like that's a short turnaround. They're like, do you think we'll see LeBron? And that's the thing though. I don't even know if LeBron is mad, but LeBron just might not play for the first month. No, nah, he, he he came out and it, there there's reports he came out and said he was. In front of them, the rumor was that the start was around Christmas, and he wasn't for it. And then he came out after the Wolves bomb okay. and said, "Nah, I'm not, I'm not happy at the, with this at all." Yeah, no, because remember, it was originally thought that the league was gonna start around uh, February after the players had to had originally declined for a season to begin in December. It was supposed to be closer to March, right? The- but it was only gonna be like. 40 games. The players, the players union voted. The players union voted. Everybody discussed it and, and on the same page, but LeBron James, possibly. I mean, there's others, but not many other guys are going to complain because they weren't there anyway. And also, you also have to think about everybody else losing out on money. LeBron's going to be making money regardless because LeBron is, I mean, Le- Le- LeBron. Who's- LeBron is LeBron. Yeah, but when you mean losing out on money, yeah, like I'm sure it's TV contracts. You have to play X amount of games. This like in a season. Oh, for sure. But yeah. that's why they're still playing 72 games because that's still exactly their contract. It, I don't think. It, I don't know if timing per se when they start the season matters as far as that TV contract. But again, that's the problem. Here is not. 
the amount of games that they're playing, but the timing and when they start to play their games is the problem. But both of those play hand-to-hand because, look. I don't think they do. But I, I'll tell you why they do. Because the bubble was not like a, okay, this is an every year ritual. This is a, okay, this is a one-off because we have to complete the season. I don't think it's going to be an every year ritual. I I believe I personally believe that or once in a once time situation. I believe that this could be something that they are doing until we get out of this state of a pandemic for our country. But this is the thing though, if because let's say 2020, the end of 2021, they come up with a vaccine right for coronavirus. And 2022, they're ready to go back. Everything's ready to trans to transition somewhat to being normal, right? Or what we know is normal in sports. They'll have to get everything back on track calendar-wise by that year. So another year where everything is off, then so that just means okay. Well, if we don't start early this year, we'll have to start early next year. No, it won't because the the talks have always been two things for the NBA is one, start later in December, and two, have a shorter season. season. Yeah. The team, the the NBA is on pace to start a, start later and have a shorter season. Regardless of how this plays out, I think we will see the, the NBA going forward will have a start date of December and will have a game amount of 72 games or less for a season. I think this is the setting the standard. Regardless of how you where you start, as long as it's an okay start and you get there that one year, you don't have to worry about it because that'll be the agreed upon start date every year. You get what I'm saying? I, I, I don't think that this is gonna be a one and done thing. I don't think that they're gonna start in December this year and the following year go back to starting in October. It's not gonna happen. They're going to continue to start in in December every single year probably going forward. See, I don't know. I I think that that's what they're they're wanting, right? Like that's obviously that's something that they have been like you said, that's something they've been talking about for a while with the NBA. That's definitely one of the big uh things they've been considering, especially because of the time of with NFL and everything of when they end. And the NBA kind of gets caught in the tangle of college football, NFL, and then college basketball. College basketball, I believe, is still projected to start in December this year. But I, I don't know. With the spike in COVID going on, like I, I still wonder what happens with like the NBA and the tennis. Like, if COVID hasn't gone down by then, do they go back to try to – do they go to the bubble? Yes. They, they, the NBA is going to do whatever the NBA needs to do to play games. Then what? I mean, with college, what what do you think that the actual solution do? Do they allow a certain amount of fans like they do with college football, or do they just say college college me, college only? football? Here's a difference: college football or college sports in general make a decent amount of money on TV deals, but not nowhere near what an organization in the NBA makes or the NFL makes, right? So, college, I think, relies heavily upon selling out games. Having having 
seats in the having butts in the seats. Whereas NBA, NFL, Major League Baseball, the TV deals are the number one thing, and then it's then it's 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 um, jerseys, uh, merchandise, and then it's seats, concessions, and maybe something small, maybe here and there that they can do. So I think the college sports, and while we're still seeing we're seeing some of these colleges start allow you know, fans for football, and I think the, the the basketball team will try to, is because that's where I think they draw a lot of their revenue and money in their, in, for the colleges. Yeah, and, you know, just while we're on topic of it, I mean, I did mention it, but the NBA draft, November 18th, obviously coming up soon. Very soon. There's no really, there's, there's no pecking order as far as the, the top five picks go. Like, People are still on the fence about it. Usually by, by this time, we kind of know who the number one pick will be. But the Minnesota Timberwolves, who have the number one overall pick this year, they came out and said that they're, I mean, they don't necessarily know if they're going to draft LaMelo Ball, who is right now, ESPN has him ranked as the number one overall player. But some people have James Wiseman, who is this uh, big man from Memphis. And then others have uh, Anthony Edwards, who is, the uh, the guard from Georgia. So right now with the top five picks, who do you think? Well, first of all, who do you think goes one, and where do you like these guys at? With the top five, as far as the top five picks go. So, me personally, I think that I think Minnesota. Can, I, if I were them, I would trade out. I would trade out if I were them. Because you don't want to use the number one pick on a guy you could get with the number eight pick. I think that the New York Knicks, if they're smart, they will put a, a package deal together and go after that number one pick or at least a top three pick. They have some guys that they can probably package in with that number eight pick. Because they're in a spot right now where they, okay, they drafted RJ Bear last year. They went out and they got him a new head coach in Tom Thibodeau. They have to they have to hit now. They've been bad for way too long to take another year where they only win about 20 games. Yeah, I think New York needs to do something right away. Um, they've been bad for a while, um, like you said. And at some point, I don't know if the draft is it, though. I think they, they have to hit a home run on a, on a, on a current star. And we talk about it time and time again. I think that that star is Russell Westbrook. They have to find a way to get him. Yeah, you know what's, uh, you know what though? That's that's crazy. And it's a little off topic because when we were talking about the draft, but Russell Wilson. Well, obviously uh, they have a new head coach down in Houston. Yep. And uh, Russell Westbrook. Yep. No, they have they have a new coach. Uh, and is it Greg Silas? Yes, Greg Silas, Paul Silas' son. So, yeah. So he's the new head coach down there. Yep. But Maury, who was the uh, general manager for the Houston Rockets, who just uh, went to the Philadelphia 76ers, was just was just introduced like last week. Yep. They've already come out and said that they're targeting a way to get James Harden. So I don't know if Russell Wilson or Russell Russell Westbrook is going to be the guy that they build around in Houston. I think that both of those guys could be out if that's true because if. If, all right, if they do end up getting James Harden, 
in Philly, that tells me that they're giving up Ben Simmons. Oh, yeah, but that's what I said. I think we talked about that a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Like, I think Russ is gone regardless, and and I think it just depends on what Harden wants to do. Because if I'm not mistaken, Harden might have a no-trade clause. Yeah, but who's to say Harden doesn't want out, though? He, I think he would. I think he'd be open to it. I think he'd be open to a fresh start out of Houston. But the, the guy loves Houston. <laughs> There's a lot to do in Houston. It's a lot to do in Houston. And a lot of things are big in Texas. Yeah. And, <laughs> <laughs> and it's a no-tax state. Yeah, so which, which is uh, big, especially because he's getting a whole lot of money. Yes. So There's rumors that Miami Heat might uh, target Paul George. Which they should. I think they should. I, I think that I think him playing with Jimmy Butler would be good for him. He needs somebody that's going to hold him accountable. I don't think Kawhi Leonard's holding anybody accountable because Ka- Kawhi Leonard's like the guy at the job who goes in, he does his work. He doesn't really care about the team, everybody else on the team. As long as his production is good, he's okay. Because he can say at the end of the day, hey, I did my part. Hey, we need an intern. We need an intern to go through and grab all of Mario's analogies and make a compilation. <laughs> like that'd be dope. But yeah, but that's but that's who that's who Kawhi Leonard is, bro. Kawhi Leonard, like he doesn't <laughs> he's not gonna come out and be like, hey, you look, man, you need to do this better, or hey, no, you had no, an off no, no, night. No. Kawhi Leonard gonna be like, oh, okay, he played bad, okay. And that's care. why I said like sometimes like him being the best player in your team is is a it's not a bad thing, but it can be a bad thing, right? And what I mean by that is, at some point, your best player, or your best leader on your team, or your 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 guy, if you will, has to be that vocal. At some point, they gotta show some vocal or emotion to get their guys riled up a little bit, and he doesn't do that. And we saw that that was the problem um, this year, and I think it, it was it was overshadowed. In his previous years, because in Toronto, he had uh, uh, Cal, Cal Lowry, Lowry. And in uh, San Antonio for years, he had Tim Duncan. Yeah, and not only to mention, probably one of the greatest head coaches in NBA history. Right. Who was holding everybody accountable. Fact. So, he didn't have to, right? Yeah. So, no, and that's crazy because literally, before you said both of those things, both of those things went through my head. Like, this is, like, this is. Who Kawhi Leonard is, like... It is. And, look, he's still one of the best players, but at the same time. And it's also... It's it's very common to... Remember early on in A.J. Green's career, where everybody wanted him to be very vocal and be like that rah-rah guy in the locker room? That's just not A.J. Green. A.J. Green would go out and ball, but he's not holding everybody else accountable. He played his game. And then, he, you know, if, if nobody else showed up, okay, then that's on them. But that's and that's the one thing that we would often before we even had the podcast, right? Yeah, we would talk about yo AJ Green like he needs to be more vocal, but that's just not him. Like he don't yeah. don't look for him to be that guy. Yeah, and and part of the problem too was, but he was the best player on the team, so we we automatically assumed that he would do that yeah. or wanted him to. Yeah, and pro, pro, part of the problem too was, you know, not only that was. It was because Andy Dalton wasn't being the leader. Andy Dalton couldn't be. He wasn't that vocal guy. And we expected the next best guy 
on their team to be that guy, and AJ just wasn't that guy. Well, AJ Green was the best player on the team, but Andy Dalton was the quarterback, so that's why we expected Andy Dalton originally. Yeah, and often you you always expect the quarterbacks right to to be that guy anyway. Like your your quarterback should be your leader on offense. Should be. Should be. Either your quarterback or your offensive line, one of your guys, head guy. And the Bengals have not had a consistent guy since Whitworth to be a good leader, uh, not only by example, but um, being a vocal guy on the the team as well. No, I agree. I agree with that 100%. But, man, but the NBA, man, it'll be interesting with this draft, man. Uh, But obviously, uh, just to get back on the topic, I, I really think that, uh, Minnesota will trade out, and I think they should because if you can get a guy at six, seven, or eight, and you can trade out a first pick and get something in addition to that six or seven pick for somebody to, because you don't need the, they don't need the best player. They need somebody to complement what they have with Towns and D'Angelo Russell. Yeah, we. I think this year we're going to see a lot of guys. Um, I think we're going to see a lot of guys not, uh, or a lot of teams trade back, trade out, if they will, if they can. Because, I mean, after you got a couple guys in the draft, there's the talent isn't really there. So if teams can't trade out, they're going to want to trade out to kind of get another guy, maybe like a superstar um, or a, a, a second or third guy for their team. And the interesting one is with the number two pick, Golden State Warriors have that. Yes. Do you think that they stay and draft a player, or do no. you think they trade out? No. Because they already have is Curry coming back off of injury, Clay Thompson coming back off of injury, D, uh, Draymond Green still there, and you got Andrew Wiggins. So with those guys, do you think that with the number two pick, they can take this time and they can get James Wiseman, who is projected to be the best big man in the in the uh, draft this year? Or they can go a different route if LaMelo Ball is still there. They can draft LaMelo. Or they can go and say, hey, we want another scrappy guard, and they can get Anthony Edwards. Like, and it's a lot of, it was some talk that they were going to go after Obi Toppin from uh, from Dayton. Yeah, I, I, I think they, they don't keep that pick. I think they trade and go get another guy to go with them, and they're ready to get back to compete for a championship. But what, what are they. I mean, obviously they were injured last year, but do you think that there's something that they are missing or something that they're looking for? I think, one, they're looking to move Wiggins. They're not looking to keep him. I don't think Wiggins will be there. So what do you think that they would get, and who do you think would be looking to trade for Wiggins in that number two pick? Uh, That that is, I I guess, the unknown, right? I, I don't know. I haven't sat there and seen what teams are willing to trade guys. Um, and I think I haven't even seen any rumors of who, what teams are trying to, I think you gotta, I think a lot of the teams are going to go through, and this is the hard part is to figure out what free agency is going to look like as well. You know what I mean? And then when is free agency starting again? Free agency is starting, I believe right now, I think they said it's the week after the week after the draft, which can hurt teams, right? Um, they can hurt teams or it can help teams. Because some people may not know where they're going to fall at a free agency-wise, and they may need to make a move at the draft to, to, to help themselves. A, a team like the Milwaukee Bucks, they may need to sit there and think about it and say, hey, are we going to wait to see what – we're going to continue to wait and see what um, 
Greek Freak's going to do. Or, you know what I mean? Like, there's going to be a lot of that concern of teams figuring out what they can do um, in a free agency. Because there's not a lot of teams that are like the Lakers where the Lakers going to have some free agency. They're, they need free agency, but they really don't need the draft. So they can sit back and trade out of the draft first round and and, and and do what they do. You know what I mean? So I think I'll have to do some analysis to look and see. Um, but I'll bring that back to the next podcast. Yeah, no, but that's interesting, though, because with Giannis, right, if you're Milwaukee and you feel like Giannis is going to walk and you've been hearing rumors that Giannis wants out, right. and let's say Golden State goes to Milwaukee, say, hey, we have the number two pick and we have – uh, we have Andrew Wiggins. It's going to take more. but It's yeah. going to take a little bit more, yeah. obviously. But do you think, if you're them, do you say, okay, we can have the number two overall pick. We can build, uh, we still have Chris Middleton. And we have some. We have a couple guys who can still, you know I mean, some, some pieces. But do you think that there's any possibility that they could potentially make that move and put Giannis in Golden State. And what is what does that really do for Golden State? Because it makes them a flat out co- close contender for the Western Conference. Yeah, no, I'm I'm saying not not that, but as far as reputation because the the one thing, right, we saw they did build the the big 3 with uh Draymond, uh Steph and and Clay, but I, but then adding Kevin Durant for those years and getting the championship and getting those championships. And then you add if you add the Greek Creek, does that take away kind of from the legacy of what was no no originally no, built in Golden no, State? No, it doesn't. It doesn't because at the end of the day, they're not they're not a team that I think that is solely a relying on a draft to build that team back up. They have that team built from the draft. Now it's time to hit home runs in the free agency, and they did it with Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant lost. They did it again when they dra- when they got D'Angelo Russell. Regardless of what people say, he was a tradable piece. Then they did it again when they traded him away and got Wiggins. And now they got another tradable piece. They hit a home run in the free agency as well. That team will not build in the draft until they completely dismantle that team. The draft will not be their important factor. That's probably one of the greatest arguments you had since this podcast started. Okay, <laughs> put that on a clip. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, no, it'll be interesting. I mean, I, but I think it's some teams that I mean, obviously, people think about uh, when it comes to the draft. Um, man, the Bulls, like you know, I, I'm very, I'm very interested to see kind of which way they go because I think they have a couple guys on that team that are like tradable pieces. Like if I'm a team and I'm like, hey, we need to get, we need, we need a big piece, right? I think a guy like Laurie Markinen, I think that's somebody that the Bulls are willing to part ways with. Zach Levine, I think, is a guy right now the Bulls are willing to part ways with because they have no clear foundation as to because they just drafted Kobe White, who was the uh, the point guard from North Carolina, who I think is a, is a very good, you know I mean, a very good young piece to have at the especially at the point guard position because he's more of a scoring guard, right? So I think they're I think they're Still, like, gonna try to figure that out, but I think there are a lot of a lot of guys on the Bulls that are 
guys that can be traded for. Yeah, it, it, it'll definitely be interesting to see. Um, can't wait. Um, but I, I really ain't looking forward to NBA right now. Just end it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. But I'm know. looking. I'm looking forward to the draft though, because I, I love the, I love the NBA draft. Not as much as the NFL, but I I still love it just I, because seeing like the guys transition. I, yeah, I do. But this draft is not exciting for me. Yeah. So I don't know, but I think that we do need to talk about it more. Obviously, like I said. The NBA draft is coming up November 18th. Next week, I want to do like the first half of it and just talk about like my top, like my top 15 favorite players. It's not enough time left on this podcast to do it, but I, I really want to talk about them uh, next week uh, on the pod. Uh, so, but without further ado, college football uh, quickly. Woo! Yeah. How did those book guys look to you? They look better than Michigan. I almost called Michigan the team up north today. With that being said, I'm gonna leave the floor to you. Go ahead, continue. Why you're you're already at it? Go ahead. All right. So I gave I gave John Harbaugh a lot of praise on the last episode. You ready to walk that back? I'm not walking it back. Oh my god. Fully. See again. I'm not walking it back fully, but I'm telling you, I'm tell, I'm just right, I'm gonna get this off my chest. I'm disappointed. It's like it's like you know how. You know how it is when, like, I have to, like, you ever feel like you disappointed, like, your mom or something just by something you done and you, like, and it hurt you? Like, that, like, and, and like, my mom, I, I disappointed her before. I did. And she wasn't upset, but she was disappointed. And that's almost worse, right? Like, I'm not even mad at John Harbaugh anymore. I'm just disappointed. Like, to have that in my heart, to feel like he can't win a big game. There's no reason they should have lost to Michigan State. No reason. You have no you have no bragging rights in your in your own hometown now. None. He's beaten Michigan State one time since he's been there. So this is the way I feel. John Harbaugh has the rest of the year to impress me. Bring me out of this disappointment. The way that you do that, beat Ohio State. It's, it's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. You have to run the table and beat Ohio State. You that, like those two things right now are mandatory. <laughs> and no, I'm 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 being a hundred percent honest right now. That like that's what they have to do to get me. Out of the point of this, like he can win the next two games by 15, 20 points, right? I'm still going to be disappointed because not only is Michigan State not good, but that's like, that's your, that's your second biggest rival to Ohio State. It's, and you, I know Drake got the famous song, uh, trophies and you know, the line, they don't have no awards for that, but yeah, they do. They have, they actually have awards for this. For this game in particular. They don't have no awards awards for that, dog. They do. It's the Paul Bunyan Award. <laughs> and they didn't win it. At home. In the big house. They might as well they might as well paint the they might as well paint it green. They might as well paint the big house green now. Because since Harbaugh's gotten there, Michigan State has owned has owned them outside of one year. But that's my piece on it, and this might be this might be the end all 
be out for uh for John Harbaugh in Michigan. So, so, so let me go ahead and say this. Um, I think I told you last podcast um, before we had DJ HD on that um, there was no way in hell that John, John Harbaugh should finish the season. Or if, finish, fi, he, he'll finish the season, but that he should not be the head coach of the next season. I told you that, that there was no way in hell that they were going to beat the, the, the Buckeyes this year. Oh, shit. We've been calling him John Harbaugh. It's Jim. Jim. Sorry. I mean... It, I guess that's that's a bad thing to the Ravens because we're switching head coaches. Like, but neither here or there. At the end of the day, man, the, the team up north sucks. Um, you you ran and raved about how, uh, hey, they got this quarterback. Joe Milton is still nice. Joe Milton, do you know who Joe Milton is? Dog, it's not the answer. They flat out lost to a team who. Who, who who just don't have talent. Like, Michigan State does not have talent. When you talk about the Big Ten and you talk about talent, dog, they're down at the bottom of talent. It's a rebuilding program. I agree with you. And y'all lost to a rebuilding program. A team that didn't deserve to hang with y'all. Not an Indiana who's a team who, or to a certain extent, Indiana's think Indiana has more talent than Michigan State. Oh, that's the fact. They do. Minnesota has more talent than Michigan State. Yes, they do. Yeah, they do. I, 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 I just don't get... He will not beat Ohio State playing like that. He will not finish or or, or go to, to next season. He should not. But they play Indiana tomorrow, so we'll see. It, that, it, it might get ugly. It might. But it depends on what Michigan team shows. If they play like they played in the first game, they'll be fine. I'll tell you this. What's the spread for the game? I know you know the spread. What's the spread? Three and a half. Plus, they, they're minus three and a half? So they're giving Indiana three and a half? They're giving them three and a half. I'm going to take Indiana this week. That's how I feel. That's how I feel. That hey. team... Hey, the, the, the state of... The, that's, I only like this state... Because of the presidential election right now. Outside of this, that, that state up north. <laughs> that's the only win that they got. <laughs> that's the only win they got. That's it. Because the Minnesota win not even looking that good right now. Because Minnesota just lost to Maryland. That's bad, dog. But how about my Buckeyes? Go to Penn State. A banged up Penn State. A hostile, always usually a hostile environment. Um... It wasn't a whiteout uh, because the fans are not there, but it, it it was a it was a way to go and dominate and show that we are who we are. They dominated that game flat out. The defensive line, oh my gosh! You 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 talk about you talk about a team who lost the best defensive player in the country in Chase Young. And then you collectively do it as a unit. That was a defensive line clinic. But I mean, but let's let's be realistic though. They kind of do that every year, right? Because they lost Joey Bosa I, and I Nick get Bosa. It, but because they lost Nick Bosa. I get that. But but the trend was this with Chase Young. Chase Young was able to see the Bosas, so he was able to see them and how 
talented they were, how work ethic they are, how much they work, how much they prepare, how they watch film, everything. And it's always the past few years has been that one guy that has been very dominant around some great other players. And often we've seen that one guy dominate to make those other players look good as well. Now we're seeing a unit collectively of inexperienced guys dominating the, the, the line of scrimmage. And that is amazing to see. Kerry Combs did an amazing job defensively. Um, shout out to him for taking taking over and being a defensive coordinator and doing very, very well. It's, it's very exciting to see. Um, I know that was just another test. But we gotta, they got to continue to dominate like they're dominating every week, week in and week out. I am, it, 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 it's mind-blowing. So, so, so to switch the conversation, Trevor Lawrence doesn't play last week. Trevor Lawrence doesn't play this week. But it's just mind-blowing to see that Justin Fields is not at the top of the Heisman Trophy candidate uh, conversation right now. And I get that some of the other schools have been playing for a while. Um but the level of play of Justin Fields has been absolutely amazing. I think that that conversation starts to switch after this week because I think I hope it does because they're up here just making it like Alabama's quarterback is just all all world and he's leading it and he's not. Honestly, I don't think he's that good. That's just me personally. I saw him play. Uh, saw him play last year after Tool went down. wasn't that impressed. Saw him play this year against some against lesser competition. Wasn't too impressed, but he has he had a few good games. But it's easy. All right, so I'll tell you like this: girls look better with makeup on. It's just a, you know it's a fact. Girls look better with makeup on. So that's what right now that's what he is. Uh, I forget his name. Uh, I know his last name Jones, but he's a girl with makeup on. Like he's got a lot of talent around him, so <laughs> so he looks really good, right? And he goes to Alabama, who are traditionally one of the top three, four college football programs in, in the country. So, yeah, you put him with all these different receivers who were four-star, five-star athletes coming out of high school. You give him Najee Harris, who, in my opinion, is the best running back in college football. Yeah, he, yeah, he looks good. I look good doing that. Can I throw a 30-yard? Look, I'm going to throw this ball to you. You got one-on-one coverage, and I know you faster than the corner that's guarding you. I'm going to throw it about five yards ahead of you, so all you got to do is run into it and catch it. And it's probably a touchdown. I can do that. So I'm very sure that the quarterback that they got now can do that. So I'm not I'm not highly impressed with him. Justin Fields is a magician. He's probably the most complete quarterback I've seen at Ohio State since Troy Smith. Since Troy Smith, and there's been yeah. some, there's been some pretty good quarterbacks. There's been some pretty good quarterbacks at Ohio State. I'll give him, I'll give him that much. I, I would say this that I think he's, he's better than Troy Smith. I don't know. Troy Smith won a Heisman Trophy, um, and he, <laughs> and I'm not saying that I'm not saying that Justin Fields can, or that he won't. I think talent wise, but I, I think talent wise, skill set, he's better. I could argue that, but I, I could argue that, but uh, I, I won't for the sake of the show, but. um I think that the conversation will start to shift. And I also think that while we're talking about uh, Clemson, they may be on upset alert this week because the, the way that they played last week against uh, Boston College 
if they play that same way against Notre Dame this week, it's lights out. And if if I were a betting man, I would probably take Notre Dame in the game or at least to cover the spread. Because you think you're a betting man. <laughs> yeah, because it, it it may look ugly for uh for Clemson and but you know what though I think that. This does kind of show how good Trevor Lawrence is. Yeah, so I think that uh, I think this kind of actually just proves how how valuable Trevor Lawrence is to Clemson, you know. And you know when he does uh, when he does leave, I kind of worry about what will happen because it'll be a very young team after this year if Trevor Lawrence decides to leave. And you know, is is the thing is we've seen Nick Saban year after year for a decade, right? Kind of stay up we've seen Ohio State year after year for a decade almost do the same thing right they're consistently good we've praised Clemson a lot over the past I'd say half of the decade right Deshaun Watson elite quarterback Trevor Lawrence right after elite quarterback and I I think that we also at some point have to give a lot of credit to what Dabble's done there what he's been able to build because I'm not saying that he's not a great coach, because I think he is. Very great recruiter. E.J. Manuel's there. Before E.J. Manuel was Taj Boyd. Like, so he's had some very... But they, they weren't elite like Deshaun Watson and Trevor Lawrence. He's gotten to the point where he's getting these elite guys. But the thing is, after Trevor Lawrence leaves, what like is he going to have a down year because he doesn't have, quote-unquote, that guy in place? You know what I mean? So I, I think that's something also to, to keep in mind. You know, that's something I think that we also that we need to look at and evaluate when we talk about that with Sweeney. So, you know, but uh, that's kind of my rant rave on college football for the week. Yeah, go, go, go Bucks. Um, it'll be interesting to see. I can't wait to watch uh, college football tomorrow. Um, I think it's, it's some good games on this week. So, yes, yeah, there's some really good games. It'll, so, um, it'll be interesting to watch. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, next week, though, I think. I think we well one thing we haven't done so uh, as of yet we haven't done a deep dive into college football but I want to I want to start that next week because after this week one thing we haven't talked about every every conference is back Pac-12 is coming back this week the MAC just came back yep MAC played yet the other day I think Miami yeah. played yesterday had some action on Wednesday so yeah Wednesday that yeah, was Wednesday yeah so you know I, I want to take a little bit of a deeper dive into college football because now we have more opinions, right? We'll have more opinions on just every school or at least every conference. So, but uh, yeah, I want to thank everybody for listening to Tunnel Vision Podcast. Uh, obviously, I don't really have, I think I said enough this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I think I said enough this episode. Uh, but I, I do want to thank everybody for listening. Definitely want to, again, shout out DJ HD for coming on last week. Yeah, appreciate uh, it, brother. Uh, and also, make sure you follow us on Twitter at tunnel underscore viz underscore pod and follow me on Twitter at Mario Doramus. And you can follow me at easy five one three on Twitter. Yeah, uh but you got anything you want to say to the good people before we get out of here? Uh yeah, man, um I think we didn't talk about it enough, but like just amazing a, tre- a tremendous job of, you know, um the younger generation, our generation, um, going out and voting. Like um, I know it's it's still con- not over yet. Um, there's still a lot of counts to be to be done, um, but just hearing and making sure that our voice is being heard because we the future, dog, and it, we we can shape 
this country into a better country. Um, but it just takes us one voting um, to continuing to be who we are and not allow anyone to change our uh, not not change our opinions, but for us to speak our mind and make sure that um, we're, we're doing it for the better good of not only ourselves, but others around us as well. So um, just shout out to us um, and the folks that went out to vote and uh, just continue to make sure you vote. Um, make sure every election is, is key, not, not presidential elections, um, always, but you know, um, it, it starts at your house and your, you know, your counties and your city and state and well as well. So just continue to do that. Always make sure that we, 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 um, voice our opinions and, um, just be my, be mindful of others as well while voicing those opinions. Oh yeah. Shout out to Georgia too. They just voted in Stacey Abrams. Yes. That was huge. Yes. That was huge. That was them. huge. That was very huge. Um, that was very huge. So yeah, shout out to them as well. Um, and just continue to grow, man. Like growth is key. Uh, we're we're gonna continue to grow as a podcast. Uh, trying to see what we can do to make things better for our our people. Um, we may start trying to do some fan interaction things. Um, video things like that we, we we're gonna grow um individually and we're gonna grow this podcast and see what we can do oh yeah the podcast is gonna grow like a centipede facts so um but yeah no definitely uh, I, th- I think that's that's huge growth you know that's i don't even want to talk about growth because it makes me think about michigan and the lack of growth over the past decade so with that being said i want to thank everybody for listening to the Tunnel Vision Podcast again. Until next time, I'm out. We out. Peace.